Hi, I'm Andy Truscott, Program Officer with the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host today. My guest is Pam Minocchio, the newly announced Executive Director of the Grand Opera House and the Playhouse on Rodney Square. Pam, welcome to State of the Arts. Thank you for having me, Andy. It's a pleasure to be here. So talk to us a little bit about, uh, many of us know that you've been with the Grand for a number of years, just in different capacities. So would you talk mm-hmm. us through uh, your time at the Grand and then ultimately what led to your naming as Executive Director? Sure. Um, if I start from the very beginning, I joined the Grand staff in 2006, um, and that was uh, under the leadership of Ken Wessler, who was the Executive Director then. Um, I was uh, coming in as director of development, um, and I was really drawn to the position and to, to being here in Wilmington because I had been living here in Wilmington for a number of years and working in Philadelphia at the Curtis Institute of Music, but um, I was really looking forward to the opportunity to live and work and, you know, work in my own community to you know have the opportunity to make an impact um, in my own neighborhood. So that actually drew me to uh, the position. Um, I was very familiar with the organization and the, the staff here because my husband used to be on the production crew. So, um, you know, I knew a lot of the people uh, that were already part of the grand, and uh, it was just kind of like joining a, a new family. So um, it was a really great move for, for me, I think. Um, Shortly after that, uh, Ken had left the organization and um, Steve Bailey stepped in as executive director. And uh, a few years later, in uh, a move of restructuring the organization, they, um, Steve and Mark Fields as managing director then, made me a director of community engagement. Um, so that was a whole new world for me. And it was really thrilling and it was a great opportunity for me to get to know our community better. So I focused on um, creating new partnerships, um, creating new events, and uh, broadening our reach in our educational and outreach activities. After 12 years of community engagement, um, Mark promoted me last fall to the managing director position, and then upon his announcement of retiring, you know the rest. It's the the board uh, had their discussions and meetings and uh, interviewed with me and talked. We talked together about my vision and values for the Grand's future, and um, I was really thrilled and grateful to the board of directors for agreeing and appointing me to to the, be the next director. It um, becomes official in September at our annual meeting when Mark will um, step down and move on to his retirement. And what a what a great long history with an organization that has such an impactful uh, mission within the community. And so you had talked about some of your vision and, and plans for the grant when you ultimately take over. I'm wondering if those are, if there's anything there that you might be able to share. I'll say, first of all, I don't have any plans for major changes right away, but what I want to do is apply what I've learned um, through the, my years in community engagement. One of the biggest lessons is that just paying attention, opening, opening my door and, and my ears and eyes to see what the community is looking for from the grand. You know, what, what do people need? What are we not providing yet? I want the grand to be an exciting community resource. 
I want there to be a lot of buzz around what's happening there. I'd like to everybody to be wondering, you know, what's coming up next and, you know, have that be a topic of conversation everywhere we go. So, so in community engagement, we've done um, social dances and opened up our art galleries to, during Wilmington's Art Loop. Even more recently, we've created some open mic nights that take place in the salon. So I think there might be other ways to use the salon for smaller events, get different members of the community in and using the spaces. We've talked a, a long time. We've talked about creating tours and opening up the Grand for uh, people to see just a beautiful historic venue and, and other spaces throughout the building. So I'd, I'd like to do you know more of that where it's creating more access, making the building more accessible to the community. And we've got a lot of work to do on the programming side, too. There's some exciting new stuff coming in this fall and, and into next year, and the whole new season will be announced in a few weeks. And um, I think people should be pleased. We'll, we're going to have you know some familiar faces that have been here before, but maybe in a slightly different capacities or different different types of shows that they're presenting. And um, and you'll see some new faces too. I'm hoping that we'll be able to entice the younger audiences. Um, you know, newer indie artists. Well, especially as we look at your website now, we see a number of artists that may have not played the Grand within recent history. I know you recently announced the Disco Biscuits, which is definitely a much younger crowd. That's uh, a big one. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got Henry Rollins coming with uh, a comedy or a speaking tour. Uh, Gary Clark Jr., which is a, a fantastic guitarist and musician. Fortune Feimster with her comedy. Yeah. Tracy Morgan with his comedy. Uh, and then a really sizable great. number of Broadway shows. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of fun stuff, and there's more coming up. Um, I, I'm really excited about those artists that are coming on the stages. I mean, the Disco Biscuits, <laughs> that's a fantastic show. I think people will be really, really into uh, in for a long night, from what I understand. In Even some stuff for kids to come in, too. The Playhouse is going to have Master Chef Junior as a live performance, so that that'll be fun. That's so we know you've uh, created a number of programs at the Grand in your time as Director of Community Engagement. I'm wondering if there's a program uh, specifically that you're most proud of. Uh, definitely, you're feeding me right there. <laughs> the one I'm most proud of is sensory-friendly performances. When I started hearing about these in the industry, some other theaters and venues doing sensory-friendly, it, it just got me curious um, as to what that really meant. Some artists that were coming through started talking about it, specifically Jeff Boyer, who does the Bubble Trouble shows. The more I learned about it, and then I started talking with members of the community to find out that everyone I know has somebody in their life that could benefit from a sensory-friendly performance. And what that means is we will put in special accommodations during the show, actually before and after, where we create a more relaxed environment to make things comfortable for somebody who may not, it, it, it could be somebody who's on the autism spectrum, but it could also be, we've had an adult come in who suffers from migraines and we've have you know, children with lots of different disabilities that impact their ability to sit still in a seat or sit in the dark or, you know, the, a lot of the requirements of regular theater 
but by creating an environment that's more relaxed, we have some lights on, we have the sound is lowered to a, a more comfortable level, and we let people get up and move around in their seats, or if they're uncomfortable, they'll go to a different seat or go up to the front row or even dance in the aisles. It's just been a really great environment for the families to be able to come in together and, and enjoy some live entertainments and quality shows that they might not be able to do without these accommodations. So that's been really satisfying to to not just produce them, but to see the families that come in and then hear the, the joy that they've experienced and to be able to make that kind of impact on, on somebody's personal life is really um, rewarding. So absolutely proud of those performances, and we are presenting three or four more of them this upcoming season. As you alluded to a little earlier, as you were talking about your goals as you take over as executive director, these sensory-friendly performances really open the doors to the grand to uh, welcome individuals of of all abilities to experience something Mm -hmm. at the grand. In essence, you know, knocking down the, the gatekeepers of what it means to attend a live performance. Yeah, anything we can do to reduce or eliminate the obstacles that somebody might come across. Um, that's what we're looking for is, you know, and listening to, to the audiences. What obstacles are you finding and what can I do to make it easier for you? So that's sensory friendly. And, and also, you know, we, we bring in an ASL interpreter for those shows. So it also supports the, the deaf or hard of hearing. And, you know, I, I will be looking for more ways that we can support all abilities, like you said. I want to take a minute here to remind our listeners that you are tuned in to News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV for Delaware State of the Arts. Today, I'm talking with Pam Minocchio, the newly named executive director of the Grand Opera House and the Playhouse on Rodney Square. And Pam, uh, it's hot out there right now, but I know the Grand also operates some great summer programming within the city of Wilmington. Could you talk a little bit about some of the plans that you have running through the end of August? Sure, Andy. As you know, we are continuing our Summer Explorers series, which is in Copeland Hall. And um, we had taken a hiatus from this kind of programming during the COVID pandemic. And we're really thrilled to have shows back on our stages and kids uh, and families invited into the theater once again this summer. Um, it's a really great way to get some kid-friendly entertainment in an air-conditioned space and, and be comfortable and um, enjoy some fun shows. So today we do have a magician on stage. It's Bill Blagg performing The Science of Magic. And next week we'll have the the Choir School of Delaware in a partnership program where they're in coming into our hall uh this week and next week for their rehearsals and putting on a performance of Once on this Island. So we're really thrilled to be able to present uh, the choir school in that way. And they're having their own evening performance next Friday, July 29th as well. In addition to that, you know, the grant reaches out into the community through our Summer in the Parks programming. That's done in collaboration with the City of Wilmington, Parks and Rec. And uh, we have about 27 daytime events happening in 12 different parks. Uh, So we'll rotate and travel around the city and bring arts experiences and 
music and theater and arts and crafts to kids and uh, camp groups and communities throughout the city. So that's a lot of fun because that's all done, again, free for the community and inviting kids to participate and learn something new. And uh, and we'll do some evening concerts as well. We just got started with uh, the Fusaholics last night in Father Tucker Park, and we've got some really exciting performances coming up with those are featuring Richard Raw and Ray Avery and Kim Graham in the Rock Lots. We have Sean Kesani, a wonderful jazz artist, performing at Union Park Gardens, and Stacy Harkeman Friends from Christina Cultural Arts Center. They, they do an annual concert at uh, Haynes Park. House music with Darnell Miller and some art pro, art making with Joe Redbird. They'll be working together at um, Tilton Park. So some really great uh, events coming up. And um, there was one cancellation already. We were hoping to bring back Salsa Under the Stars, um, but that has yet to be scheduled. So, yeah, some great, great outdoor programs and mostly Mondays and Wednesday nights. And all of that information can be found on our website, thegrandwilmington.org slash parks. And I mean, an, another reminder, these are all free events provided uh, for the community and not ticketed paid events that, that uh, are required as a way in. So uh, what a great way to make sure that the Grand, while on one hand has ticketed events for the general public, bringing some of the, the best and brightest celebrities into town, but also these opportunities for free events to go out into the community to make sure our youth and just our local uh, citizens are experiencing art and live music in their neighborhoods and in their communities. Exactly. It's also a wonderful way to promote our local artists and because there is so much fabulous talent in Wilmington and nearby. And um, I just love that we're able to promote the the talent of these musicians and spoken word artists and um, visual artists. It's inspiring. So uh, I hope that a lot of the community members comes out and supports them as well. Pam, I think something that is always a shocker sometimes to people learning about the Grand is that the Grand, in fact, is a nonprofit. It is not a for-profit concert venue. Um, And so because of that, Grand is able to receive donations, sponsorships to help offset the costs of some of these programs that are free to the community. Is there anyone in particular you'd like to focus on to say thanks? Of course. I always want to say thank you to all of our donors and our supporters. And then some of our major donors include the Delaware Division of the Arts, who's been an uh, annual supporter of the Grand and all of our programming. I know Bank of America and Capital One, Camores, they've all been wonderful um, supporters as well. PNC Arts Alive is a sponsor of the Summer in the Parks programming and all of that we do outdoors. So, Really some fantastic donors and sponsors and businesses out there and the foundations. So I'm grateful for all of their funding, and I hope that we're making everybody proud and continue to, to give your you know, support to the Grand. During the pandemic closure, the Grand uh, embarked on a number of outdoor programming, including a drive through light show, some outdoor concerts at a few locations around town. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about why that pivot occurred for the Grand, and why it was so important to provide those opportunities for our community. Well, as always, the arts are, arts and culture experiences are a way to bring the community together. And um, at a time when folks were forced to stay home and you know 
be shut out of their gatherings and social gatherings and, um, you know, the, the usual experiences that they're used to coming to an to indoor venue. Um, we were just thrilled to have an opportunity to create opportunities that were in a safe environment, that kept people social distanced, and that still gave them the opportunity to enjoy the live music, enjoy the experience together, and be in that setting where you're surrounded by friends and you're all, you know, celebrating it together. So that was really important, I think, just for the the mental health of our own community, not to mention the health of the Grand. It was an opportunity to to keep the Grand out in the forefront of people's minds, to remember that we're here even though our doors are closed, you know, where our hearts are open, our staff is working to create, you know, these these great experiences. So it was unusual at that time for us to even be able to expand our audiences the way we did, especially with the holiday light show that was in the parking lot outside Farley Stadium or behind Farley Stadium that people could see it from 95 and then be curious about what's going on down there, what are those lights, and they they came in and drove through, and um, in that way we were able to attract and and get to know some new people that may not have known that the Grands exist here on Market Street, too. So it gave us a a great way to reach out to new audiences and to support our our community. And it was very satisfying to be able to fill that void during the pandemic. And I hope that we'll be able to do some more of it next year and in future years to do some more outdoor programming. And now that we're getting back into the swing of things with our indoors stuff, um, I think there's a lot more opportunity to to grow and expand in different ways. So, Coming up this September, uh, the Grand is working together with two other DDOA grantees, the Delaware Symphony Orchestra and Opera Delaware, to bring Broadway singer Brian Stokes Mitchell to the Grand as the season kickoff for all three organizations. Can you talk a little bit about the creation of that event, why it's so important to all three organizations, and what you hope to get out of it? Well, it was originally scheduled as a New Year's Eve concert, and it was such a wonderful way to again, bring these three organizations together in a collaboration that is fairly rare. I mean, we don't often do things together with the symphony and the opera. And uh, it's just, a you know, we've we've got some wonderful resources here. Again, the talent um, in both of those organizations will be featured on our stage with Brian Stokes Mitchell as the guest soloist. And um, they're going to, I believe, go through some nice, light, accessible programming for with some light classical music and Broadway, Broadway tunes that people will be familiar with. So it's going to be a very fun concert. And again, it's just a great way to bring the audiences together and uh, all under you know, one venue. Pam, as we're wrapping up here, there are a number of exciting events coming at the Grand. Where can individuals go to learn more about what's happening? Our shows are always updated on the Grand's website, which is thegrandwilmington.org. You can find shows in all three venues, the Baby Grand, the Playhouse, and Copeland Hall, of course. You'll find our Broadway series. You'll find our music and variety shows. You can also find out what's going on with our education series, the Stages of Discovery, Summer Explorers, and Summer in the Parks. It's all available on the website. We try to keep that uh, up to date and, um, and our Facebook page as well.
Yeah, check us out, and I hope that the people keep uh, keep an eye out for what's happening at the Grand and come on down and join us. And if you have any suggestions or requests or, you know, I'm, my door is open, my phone is here, or send me an email, and uh, I'd love to hear from folks. Pam, thank you so much. We've come to the end of our time, and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to see what's coming up next at one of the Grand's three theaters, you can visit their website at thegrandwilmington.org. And again, this is Andy Truscott with Delaware State of the Arts. Delaware State of the Arts is a weekly podcast that presents interviews with arts organizations and leaders who contribute to the cultural vibrancy of communities throughout Delaware. Delaware State of the Arts is provided as a service of the Delaware Division of the Arts in partnership with News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. The Delaware Division of the Arts, a branch of the Delaware Department of State, is committed to supporting the arts and cultivating creativity to enhance the quality of life in Delaware. Together with its advisory body, the Delaware State Arts Council, the division administers grants and programs that support arts programming, educate the public, increase awareness of the arts, and integrate the arts into all facets of Delaware life. To find out more about the division, visit arts.delaware.gov.